This is Newswired. Welcome everybody to Newswired. We're back. Took a little break, but we're back here with you. I'm your man Free, and I'm joined here with my man B. What up? Uh, we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about some local and international news, and then bringing it back home about how that relates to us here in Edmonton. Uh, we got uh, lots to talk about, so we're going to get right down to it. Make sure you check out Newswired and gradio.ca on the internet, on social media, at gradioyg and at Newswired. Y-E-G. Uh, the first segment we have tonight is a show called Rapid Fire. We're just going to be breaking down a bunch of headlines that's been going on around us. Uh, B, you want to kick us off with that? All right. So, big news since our last time together. This is the spring edition, so we're going to just try to bring a bunch of sh- stuff all together. <laughs> <laughs> Self-censoring. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't even need a company these days. No. So, beep, first, beep, up, beep. <laughs> first up on Rapid Fire, we got looming marijuana legalization concerns oil and gas safety watchdog. Inform says use is incompatible with safety-sensitive work environments. So, not only do we got marijuana le- uh, legalization up on the dockets in the next uh, year, we're going to see that legalized. But we're already seeing uh, corporations giving a little blowback to the idea. So is this basically that big companies are mad about marijuana legislation because they think it'll impact their safety costs? Uh, that and they're um, hesitant about just overall sa- like um, drug use on like say places where they're already testing and stuff like that. How do you do it legally if it's not an illegal substance that you're not technically supposed to be testing for? Well, I imagine like you're definitely not allowed to be high on the job. Like that's not changing. The only problem is with pot is it stays in your system so long. So if you're just like smoking it on the weekends, you know, just chilling and then you work at some job, like they'll test you and you'll still fail. So is it going to be that you can't uh, within certain jobs and who knows how many of jobs those are going to be that you're just not allowed to smoke at all because it, it'll always show positive. Yeah. So I don't know whether that'll be the case. Who knows? And the thing is, is with legalization, then it becomes much more legal to be taking things like, um, flush kits and stuff like that that'll become way more part of the market and so i think these companies are pretty scared that they're unsure about how they're going to continue with because i mean they have a war on drugs you want you know if you go up to camp or something like that like it's totally looked down on to be or not just looked down on but like you kicked out of camp and everything well one of the big things is insurance companies because they will use drugs as a means of not paying any claims made mm. so for example being that we're from northern alberta here a lot of guys working on the patch whatever someone gets hurt like this happened to a friend of mine and they drug test everyone immediately and if you're positive for any drugs then they immediately cancel any benefits so this happened to my buddy he was working on the tracks uh at one of the refineries had his hand on the track dude threw the switch crushed his fingers on the train track like you know like those huge springs they got uh so he goes to the hospital they drug test him right away he smokes pot obviously and uh oh you're you're busted with pot canceled all his insurance fired him and that was it and like everyone's like oh well we told you not to so what's the situation going to be like say you have a prescription and but you also work at you know a relative a, a job where there is that kind of danger involved are you allowed to take your medicine or are you not because it'll immediately cancel any insurance that you have because people just say you're high on the job yeah well that's essentially what these corporations owners are are worried about is that there's going to be this kind of um um blowback in a corporate environment where are they will they be allowed to say you're not allowed to smoke weed on the job um but on the pot smoking side of things like 
if that's the situation, then um, you can always say, even if you were high on the job or whatever, you could be like, oh, yeah, well, it was last night. Like, because it's going to be in your system regardless. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're just concerned that, like, obviously usage is going to shoot up, right? Like, there's going to be way more people smoking weed after it's legalized. There's so many people already that would smoke, but they're like, like my dad, for example, would would use medical marijuana, but it's illegal. So he's not going to use it. What about recreational? But he wouldn't use it for recreational. But he might use it. He might use it if if it was legal. He would definitely use it for medicinal. Hmm. I always say that. And there's a lot of people I think that would, especially older generation, would definitely use it. But they're like, well, it's illegal, so I I don't do things that are illegal. Yeah. But if it's legal, there's going to be that whole wine drinking crowd that's like, fifties to seventies baby boomers (laughs) that like they love their to just chill out and like once it's legal, they're going to be. The fir- they're going to be the biggest, I think, market consumers. Well, allow me to tell you that good wine and good weed is a terrific combination. Yes. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of, like, kind of winery tasting, you know, dispensaries oh, yeah. that are going to open up. Honestly, like, I think uh, this weed market will eventually devolve into you go to, like, weed tastings at fine, you know, uh, fine farms that grow the finest marijuana. Like, it's going to be a thing For just sure. like wine. For sure. I definitely. think it, uh, down the road, once the stigma's kind of gone. And there will be all these different ways of smoking it and, like, lounges and oh, stuff like sure. that. My buddy fucking hooked market. me up that last night with a, a weed Coke bottle gummy. You know Coke bottle gummies from when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. And they're those laced edibles, with THC. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, man. Those edibles. The like, you can get now. them from UK. You can already get those. Yeah. yeah. And he had like brownies and everything. Yeah. Actually, at work one day, uh, waiting tables. As I'm, I do, I'm hesitant about those edibles, though. You know, well, you know what happened? I was working at this Christmas party at work, and they left a bag full of weed brownies. And this was the most See, professional super, thing I'd ever that's seen. That's super dangerous, though, because, like, the edibles that are out right now, they don't really have a great way of distributing an even Well, they were amount. very uh, specific about how oh, much yeah, was okay. in it. I mean, who knows how exactly. See, and again, is. when we talk about baby boomers that are getting into it, those are going to be the people that are going to get messed up off of these edibles yeah. and, like, die or something. And then Welcome it's going to be this to the big club, thing. Because they're going to be like, man, oh, I just had a bunch of these gummy worms earlier, and then I was driving my car, and I smashed it into a bunch of people. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well... Clearly, that's why we have why these new like say for example, so we can get into this is like the new laws that are coming out that are kind of criminalizing weed more than it is now in terms of like if you get caught driving or or smoking it or giving it to somebody under eighteen, um, I think it's under sixteen. Um, you can face like way harsher criminal sentences. Well, that's than, like the dangerous part of these edibles is you can have like delicious cookies that'll get you fucked up. Uh, straight up, and it's not going to be and delicious the, cookies. It's not going to be like the twenty to thirty drug using crowd that's going to get messed up off these. It's going to be like the newbie old people that are like, or the Whoa. kids are like, this is amazing. That's true. Yeah, kids, kids or old people, I like think the, is oh, the worst for that. It's like first of all, it's candy. Second of all, it's drugs. <laughs> like it's candy drugs. I think also <laughs> it'll it'll be the old people getting into our accidents because they're going to be the ones. A, they don't know how much the tolerance is. They're gonna eat a bunch of them, and they're just gonna be out, be also the ones to be super like, I could do whatever I want. I'm an elderly person. You're gonna tell me I can't drive? Like, have you ever tried to tell an old person they can't drive? Like, tell them to do anything. Yeah, don't do it. So they're gonna be the ones running into people. I Although suspect. if I was elderly and prediction. some punk kids were telling me what to do, pff, ain't happening. Throw them in jail, man. <laughs> Ain't so yeah, so there's and drug user. If we wanted to even just get into a little bit of like the the legalization of weed, and what the do you know? Have you read much about the um, the uh, cannabis act? Yeah, just like what what's all involved in it? Um, no, I know there's a lot of pork and a lot of riders attached to it. Yep, and uh, the cops they want their piece. Like one of the things is like yeah, okay, but 
we have to be able to take your saliva sample on site mm-hmm. without it without probable cause because yeah. currently to get drug tested or even uh, breathalyzed they require probable cause but that's even pretty easy to get they can just say yeah, i smelled I it i know no actually the supreme court ruled that s- smell of pot is not probable cause but they still do it i know and you, like, can, you, you can, can get pulled out of your yeah, car oh, if they can sure. smell it they, they'll well, just be like the whatever fact i smell it is if you're gonna like lawyer up to the matter of cops is like yeah you might be able to beat them in the courtroom but they're winning beating you on the street Oh yeah, like, and who and how many like people you know, are getting beat on the street that have money time. for a lawyer? And by the time like you are fighting that, they probably already found it anyway. So it's going to be an uphill battle anyway. So yeah, exactly. The, it, you're right. Like that happens anyway. But man, do you know how much how shitty it's going to be if cops all the time can be like, oh, I think this guy might be doing drugs. Now get out and give me your like blood sample. Like, I think though that it's super overreachy. But I mean, you got to give to get, I guess. Yeah, and I also think that um, police are part of this push to legalize. I think police forces know that they're that it's dumb to be, you know, arresting and criminalizing people that are doing weed. So I think that there's gonna be I think it is a positive move. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think like the the obviously the control over the dispensaries and which corporations get uh, control over those things, that's gonna that's kind of contentious to me. It would be nice if it was more on a free market scale where um, people that had Say so. For example, people with criminal records can't apply to be growers or distributors. Yeah. So that's basically everybody that used to be involved in the drug trade or the weed trade is now unable to get involved with it, even if they had, if they're great for the community and were, you know, actually knew how to grow good quality stuff. Instead, now we're going to get a bunch of people that were formerly tobacco advocates, and they're going to be selling us marijuana. Yeah, it was all capital. Like that's my big problem with it. I, I think the the driving sentences, like, um, dr- but the th- even the even that, it's like you can get up to sixteen years in jail for driving high. Whoa, how like, well, how much do you get for driving drunk? I I heard it's not that much. Yeah, especially in Alberta, it's like oh, I heard I driving heard that drunk. The, that's like a tradition. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I because first you get the breath a lot you get the thing in your car right you can still drive yeah, after my buddy, that. you get to a suspension but then you you don't it's never you don't get put in jail unless you like hit somebody yeah good call right yeah right and you so go when to you think, jail for driving high yeah up Whoa. to 16 years Man. you know what I think a lot of this is is the cops need something to do because just imagine if you will if within you know a few years pot is legalized and self-driving cars come into the road. That's what I'm saying, yo. Cops, what are you going to do? What are you I was thinking job? about that the You're other totally day. I was like, job. man, like how awesome. I can't, I would be the first one to sign up for, for self-driving oh, cars. Oh, for sure. And it like, totally cuts they, out the city and the cops. I already saw, those... I saw a picture of this guy in downtown LA and he's passed out in his car and his car's just driving him home. <laughs> man. It's already out there. It's already and happening. Like, civic revenues too. Like they rely so heavily on traffic violations. And like, even when it comes to cops, think about this. Like if it wasn't for drugs and driving i would never deal with the police and not worry about them at all that's true but those are the two avenues that they hassle me all the time smoking pot or driving and speeding or whatever i never get hassled with it but yeah but you know i I don't either but those are the things that i I actually got my first my first ticket in uh 10 plus years of driving oh we're i used to drive a terrible uh, one too i drove through a yellow light and he said it was red yeah, I used to. I still drive don't a think it was, but whatever. I'm not gonna was, argue with the guy. It was so heat. It was my grandpa's old Oldsmobile, and it was super pimp and super awesome, super comfy. It was like driving my living room around. But man, it was like a <laughs> cop magnet. I got pulled all the time. And then as soon as I got my more more recent car, as soon as I started driving it, it was fine. No more cops. Never had to deal with it again. So, 
They profile car profiling. How do you like that? They definitely car profile. <laughs> yeah. We used to own a Sunfire Cavalier. That's what it was. And always pulled over. We also, I for a while, I, I won't get into that story. But had this Cavalier. Had a few other cars that looked like that. Or like looked heat bag. Always got pulled over. Bought a new Kia Soul. Never, Never pulled over. Yeah, you know what? The got pulled over because I like ran red. Basically, is what he said. I bet I disagree with that, and I would disagree with that in court. I met this drug dealer once, if and I he uh, he drove a minivan. He's like, bro, never get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> he's like driving like some Windstar or whatever. Like, Straight up though. Good call. Yeah, yeah good call. The trade off <laughs> to that is you're driving a Windstar. Yeah. Hey man, I remember my mom's old minivan that I used to drive. Buddy, that thing was such a beast. Like, I don't know what was going on in that engine, but it had some serious guts to it, and uh, it was awesome. I'd race my friends' cars and always win. <laughs> But this is rapid cool. fire and moving on. This is becoming slow fire. Actually, so. no, it's it's cool. We can roll. We can roll with the slow fire episode. Slow fire. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to slow fire. Slow fire. <laughs> uh, next um, headline is uh, LGBTQ police officers group calls it unacceptable for a city to fund pride. So this is happening in Toronto. Uh, the officers group wants city to withhold two hundred sixty thousand dollars grant for Pride Toronto. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Pride Toronto, um, after last year's Black Lives Matter protest, which shut down the protest halfway through it, uh, saying that the continued carding and identification um, that's uh, disproportionately targets black and trans people in, in Toronto um, by the police shows that they sh- they don't actually support Pride. They're actually racist and um, it's part of a systemic violence against black and trans people and for that they say they don't deserve a spot in the in the pride parade that that doesn't mean they're not allowed to be there it just means they're not allowed to march down the down the middle and pretend like they're super down with the cause when in fact they're not and the reason why we know they're not is because the the carding continues and um you know disproportionately again targeting black and trans people yeah i looked into this a little bit as well i mean just briefly but it kind of looked to me like the cops were mad because they have members that would like to be represented. That's how they're playing in, in, it for sure. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, like, I'm sure I like I hate cops as much as anybody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure that uh, there that there are definitely those kind of racists and cops. I have no doubt, mm-hmm. and racists and homophobes within the police at, at all. But at the same time, I'm sure that the Toronto Police Department is massive. I'm sure that they have an overarching bureaucracy, but I'm sure there's a lot of people in it that probably are gay and are probably openly gay and do support it. I think if they did support it, though, why would they now be sending a letter to the city saying, I, we don't think you should give them $260,000 that they need to put this event on. Yeah, well... It, wouldn't you just be like, okay, we're going to privately support it even if, we're, even if we know that they have a problem with the police service, maybe we'll just go privately support it. Instead, they're like, shut it down. If a police can't be involved, Nobody shut it down. Nobody can be involved. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't actually, if they did actually just support it, they'd probably just show up without their uniforms on and be like, you know what? We support it. We understand that we're part of, like, you guys have problems with, and obviously there is problems with the police service well, I in Toronto. Bet. Oh, yeah. if, if the Black Lives Matter shut down the whole Pride Parade last year, there's clearly issues um, surrounding how the officers are dealing with black people in, in Toronto. And so, yeah, and when we look at the history of, of the gay rights movement, it wasn't like white gay guys that were doing a lot of the heavy work. It was like black trans people that were doing the heavy lifting because they they endure the most 
oppression. So they were the first ones in the the what were they, the Stonewall riots. Yeah. Um. They York. were they were the ones that had started it because they were the ones that were feeling that most oppression. And even yeah. now, like they're, they're the ones that are you know the canary in the coal mine, as they say. Well, the, they're the, the ones that the see that oppression. The Stonewall riots, uh, for those that are unaware, was a very uh, big movement in the gay uh, gay gay rights movement back in the seventies. It was a Stonewall was a gay nightclub in uh, um, in New York City, and then the cops came in and kicked down the doors and shut it down because it was illegal and people got beat. I don't know, someone might have got killed. I'm not sure on the stats. I'm pretty but sure, yeah. Yeah, but it was a huge uh, galvanizing point for uh, gay rights in the United States and started a whole bunch of protests and riots and uh, it was very much kind of like what black people are feeling today. Well, no, it's not. It wasn't that bad, but uh, it was the, the just oppression by the police of the gay community. Now, that said, I do think that there, I'm sure there are gay members of the police that want to go and want to be supportive of it, but have got to feel a little bit left out when it's a publicly funded event and the cops are excluded. Well, they're still providing, the cops are still providing security at it and they're, and they say they're welcome to come on the sidelines in their uniforms. Yeah, but they're they just, can't be in the parade. They're not like, allowed to march down the street with a bunch of other LGBTQ groups that operate within Toronto as if they're supposed to be like this, like, we're, we're, it's like a great, it's great PR for the cops to be able to be in that parade. Yeah. But the thing is, is that's what the, that's what Black Lives Matter said last year in their, in their ultimatum was that, that it's not acceptable anymore. So that, that you're you're is not Black getting Lives this matter PR. somehow involved in this Toronto thing. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. Really so it was Black Lives last year. For those of you who don't know, so Toronto Pride uh, last year was shut down. Black Lives Matter marched in, right, and they're and they're fully black, you know, getups and and shut it down. They marched they in shut between. Down the parade? Yeah, they shut down the parade. Really? Completely. Yeah. That's uh, they like came in and had a counter protest and like stopped the parade and said that until the violence against black and trans people stops, um, police should not have a, a spot in that parade. So is this Black Lives Matter just co-opting some other uh, issue just to I think their I agenda? think it's a resurgence. It's like black I think Lives Matter. Oh, and trans people too. Um, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with that. Um, it's a you know conflation of both of those things. Yeah, but it, it is it's, like... it's also black people. Like black people obviously experience a lot more. Like black gay people experience a lot more oppression. I would say than than an average like gay person. Like not to say again I'm, because it's like intersectional, right? There's not, like there's yeah. like when you when you have like multiple oppression points of oppression like stacks up. Yeah, so it's definitely. like doubly as as harsh. Yeah, I don't know about that question about that whether seems they're just super cool. I think I think that I think it was like it was black and trans. Like obviously, it's more black people that are getting carded and identified in. Oh, for in, sure. Like there's definitely black um, racism by the police. But like even the, even the there's like one I can't think of what her name is, but there's a famous trans woman who is at the center of those trans riots in Stonewall, um, and so you know when we talk about again gay rights, it comes back to black trans people. And so when they're the people experiencing <laughs> the racism or experiencing the oppression, well, black trans people definitely get it the worst for sure. Double and so, racism, and double so, discrimination. So th th I think that's what they were, they were, they were saying that like until this happens, they shouldn't be getting this free PR move come in our parade that's supposed to be all inclusive when they're really the police are not an inclusive organization. Yeah, uh, as I one guess person, it's just a different a, a difference between um, individuals within the police community and the police community being its own separate thing. Uh, somebody says his, his quote was, this is not personal. This is about power here and violence. This is about a system of very deep historical oppression that's rooted in the police. If we're looking at carding and disproportionate policing of black, queer, and trans folks, or even just 
black folks in general that's still happening yeah see i think like yeah the, the black lives matter people definitely have a point and that is true but i think by shutting down the, the pride uh, pride festival they're kind of just jumping on a different issue and then making it their own yeah i think that though that um those the for especially if you're a black and Gay. Yeah, but that's a much you can't smaller separate demographic those. than either. You can't, I, th- I think though that well, black I'm sure trans, those black sure. Black Lives Matter people that were there are also gay. I'm sure they also some. have like quite a few of LGBT. Like I'm sure they're not just like co-opting it and being like getting some press. I remember it happening at the time. I think that pretty, looks like me like press grab big time. Yeah, yeah. I would look into it first. Yeah, I'm sure that there are definitely gay Here, people within up. the Black Lives up, uh, Matter. But it's just like in that quote you just said, it's like, well, yeah, it's with gay people, but also uh, black, it's like, but mostly black people. And yeah, that's important too. Like, yeah, you're right. But that's kind of jumping on. I think that though, that was, that was definitely an argument. I mean, when you look in the gay community, there's a lot of racism, like white people are super racist. Yeah. Homophobia. Like, white. No, 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 no. I would say white gay people are super racist towards black gay people. What? Yeah. If you didn't know that. No. Yeah. My brother's gay. And like, he's, he's, he said, he said a few times that some of his friends would say things that he was like whoa i didn't like it came out of left field like he had never thought because it's both like you know you'd think that that's they're all oppressed so like why would they be yeah, super racist like you're both discriminating white gay against? people su- su- white gay guys super racist towards black gay well that's guys. a generalization no like I, I i i would say if you go out and start and talk to some well, gay that's people, just general racism then that's not white that's not gay um, i would say all. i would say just look it up and, and see the prevalence of it like look into it because it's definitely, I would say, more prevalent in the homosexual like, racism than in the in the straight community. Well, in my experience, oh. uh, gay people are generally the most accepting people because they know what it's like. You should look it up or ask some gay friends. I will. Talk I'm gonna to be ask every gay yeah, guy. I know. Are you are you racist as fuck? I, I would I would ask him if there's uh, racism is super prevalent in the gay community. I'm gonna look into that because I gotta say, in all my experience, gay people are usually the most accepting people. Go to a gay bar; it's totally like that. Like everyone's just like, "Yeah, what up?" <laughs> Everyone's yeah. cool. Yeah, look into it. Oh, You'll no, no, that. no, no, sorry, gay people. Even, not everyone is cool. Even in but the they um, are accepting. You even guys in, are very accepting. even in like academics. Um, I remember reading in like scholarly journal articles about about racism in the gay community and how it's like how it is super prevalent. Wow. Okay. Well, this more, is new even more so, I would say, than in the straight community. That blows. Yeah. I, I can't. I yeah. can't say that. I yeah. can't believe that. I yeah. need to see. I gotta see. And so that's again where, <laughs> where black people um, feel even more, you know. Well, I, I will say that black gay people. That's rough. You just gotta be like, like I'll throw a Jewish guy in there too. Black gay Jew. Oh man, the rough seas ahead. That's like mega discrimination. <laughs> but yeah, being black and gay, uh, that's gotta be tough. And I'm, I'm sorry that anyone has to go through uh, a tough time with that. That is very unfortunate, and that's. That's not the way that society should be. Here's what the um, the person had said when they shut down the festival. They said they shut it down for half an hour and then they allowed it to proceed. Um, when we accepted this year's honored group status from Pride Toronto, so this is Black Lives Matter, received uh, the honored group status from Pride Toronto. So there is a relationship there. Between, it's not like they just showed up and they're like, we're black. Yeah. Like there's a relationship like and an honored relationship right between those two groups. It was... Uh, with the clear intention of using this platform to ad- what address what is a historical and current culture of anti-blackness deeply embedded in the festival, the festival being Pride Toronto. If they truly want to honor us, they can accept these demands, Williams, the leader of Black Lives Matter, says in a statement. Uh, they gave them a ultimatum. They gave them like their... This is what you need to do if you want Black Lives Matter involved in your festival again. Do they want? Do they want Black Lives Matter? Yeah, they did. They they signed all the agreements, and that's why this year uh, the cops aren't allowed back 
because Pride Toronto wants to be more inclusive, meaning they won't be inclusive. Oh my God! So you're saying Pride caved to the demands of Black Lives Matter? Oh yeah, they, they to signed it. The police. They wow. signed it at the uh, that's a at crazy the event. Story. That is crazy. Yeah, that happened last year. Man, yeah. that's blowing my mind. That's like, <laughs> what Pride is supposed to be inclusive. The like, demands, but is it inclusive towards an oppressive, the oppressive, non-inclusive? Well, then shouldn't Nazi they not group? allow? What about like civic members of? Because the because I would wouldn't you say that the city who employs the police also systemically racist and homophobic? Well, here's what they said: the demands claim that Pride Toronto did not respect. Uh, the black trans community, quote unquote, and that pride needed to recognize the tense slash unsafe relationship between the police and marginalized communities. Meaning that when like black trans people show up to this place and they see police in the in the floats, they're scared. Like they're they're fearful because the police generally beat them up or rape them or stuff like that. Uh, black Lives Matter demanded the parade no longer feature any police floats and that pride officials hire and prioritize more, quote unquote, black trans women, indigenous folks and other vulnerable communities. And so that was uh, the second part of it. That's another thing they had implemented this year was more diverse hiring. So, again, they're they're seeing the racism embedded in Pride Toronto. I bet you they have like tons of white gay dudes and tons of white, white lesbians working for Pride Toronto. From the police? No, just like in general, like that's what that was their second part of that was that they needed more diverse uh, hiring that pride officials hire and prioritize more black trans women, indigenous folks and, and from other vulnerable communities. Isn't that a good thing? They hire more from there. That's that was one of their they want that was one of their okay. demands to. Yeah, well, I'm sure that like white people make up just a huge demographic in you know Toronto and aren't isn't it like the Irishman that's the police like the but that's, total stereotype that's what I'm saying is that is that when we look at the Stonewall riots it was black people they're the ones that suffered for the rights to be given and then now that the rights are there white people are just like well we'll take all of it thanks well, for the, thanks for fighting for us Stonewall wasn't a gay yeah. bar it was or a black bar it was a gay bar it was a gay bar but when you look at the people that were involved in it here I'll pull up the the famous people involved in it it's all it's mostly black trans people yeah this definitely doesn't help the relationship between Black Lives Matter and the police, eh? Well, but I like that their way to, to punish them is like, oh, yeah? Well, you can't come to the Pride Festival. But, man, it's like, I don't know. He even said in the beginning of that quote himself, like, yeah, we're using this as a platform to bring awareness to this cause, which is mostly racially motivated. It's much less about homophobia than it is about racism. Not to say that racism is not bad, but that's just totally grabbing a festival and using it to your own purpose. So I think, I think, though, that they did that because they were given the honored group that year. They said they accepted the honored group status only so, so that they could do that. So did Pride offer them as an honored yeah, group yeah, status? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they took that award and then yeah. used that. So here's, okay, that here's a sense. picture of the Stonewall riots. Now, do you see a lot of white people in that picture? Uh, I would say it's about a third to half white. That looks like half white. Let's see. Yeah, I would say that's so at least half white. One, two, three. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, one, third to half, two, I'd say. So there's 10 people in this picture of that one, two, three are white. One is definitely a trans woman and you can tell five, that black and white picture. Five are black. Yeah. Yeah. The picture closer. is black and white. Look I closer. see one, two, three, four, five white people. The first five on the left are all white and the first four on the are all black. Look, white, all these guys are white. That is definitely a trans woman. Where? Right there. Okay, maybe, but is white. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I can't tell if it's a guy or girl. It doesn't matter. This is the '80s. Everyone was getting. This is the '70s. 70s Everyone yeah. looked like women. Like, do you ever see David Bowie? No, I'm just saying that was definitely trans women. <laughs> it was like it's like Charlie Murphy said, "Rest in peace, Charlie Murphy." Charlie Murphy says, "Like back in the deny. back in the when day, look the, the guys actual, that looked more like a bitch got all the women." <laughs> when we look at the actual proportion of black people in society, 
And then in this picture, the white people are actually like what seventy percent of the population, eighty percent of the population in the states. Yeah, but my point is, is especially it's, back then, it's not it's not exclusively black people. There, I maybe, wouldn't say I didn't say exclusively, no. but it's definitely disproportionately high. Depends what more, part of Manhattan this is. This could be Harlem. Uh, in which case, it, it could be Harlem. It, in which case, it's disproportionately white. Like it's more white people than than there should be. Where is Stonewall? I don't know. It might be in Harlem though. Good question. <laughs> We can break it down demographically because New York City uh, varies wildly in terms of the demographics that sit in different parts of the of the city. This yeah, is the kind of depth uh, depth <laughs> that you get here on Newswire. Yeah, <laughs> discussing whether this, with this black and white photo is black people or white people. This is the kind of depth uh, <laughs> report of uh, credibility that you get here on the show. Expect nothing less. I can probably find it on my computer. Yeah, I'm here. still just looking at pictures of Stonewall riots. Turns out it's a lot more interesting than you think. It's a really cool story, and we should do a, a piece on that sometime. We need a, a, a gay correspondent, though, or like someone who's like a knows gayer correspondent. <laughs> We're not gay enough. <laughs> no, a gay correspondent. Oh, Somebody even come in, <laughs> come in and uh, uh, really um, lay it on us. All right. Well, now that this has uh, become slow, it's slow the fire. Stonewall Inn. Okay, here it is. Gay bar and recreational tavern, Greenwich Village, which is in obviously like, the gay part of New York. Yeah. The whitest part of New York. Uh, is it? I don't know. Greenwich Village? I don't know. I always think of that as like the place where you go to like oh, it's have fancy shopping. down in Manhattan, so I wouldn't say it's uh, it's probably in white territory for sure, which, you know, who knows? It's oh, definitely in the white. you just proved me right. Uh, maybe I did. <laughs> you, try, you looked up the map and everything. You're like, oh, I'm totally going to find it in the Bronx. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it is, but... Uh, I don't know the demographics of people living in Greenwich yeah, I'm not, like, I, And I don't want to say that it was just black and trans people that did the marching or the rioting or anything like that. It's definitely, you know, a wide, diverse amount of people. But I think the problem that Black Lives Matter has with uh, the uh, Pride Toronto is that there wasn't enough representation of black and trans people when they see themselves as the ones that are experiencing the most oppression. Yeah, man. This trans thing is interesting to me because has... It seems like lately that's been the the group du jour. You know what I mean? Uh, is that like a new thing or is it just coming out of the closet now? Uh, I think now we give it a different name maybe. And I think also a lot more people are comfortable with it. Like think how many people would just be killed for that. Like yeah. up until like 30 years ago, like you'd probably just like, they'd probably just take you out back and like. Super frowned upon. <laughs> saw Ben. He's dressing up like a girl. <laughs> Super Can't frowned upon. Yeah. That we. If that's he's like, gay, that's different. I that's could, gay on a different level. But even gay people being gay more than 50 years ago would probably get killed for it. Yeah, I don't know. In the eyes of the super uh, intolerant Christian right, what's worse, being gay or being gay and dressing like a woman? Definitely being gay and dressing like a woman because you quite throw into question all the ideas about how gender is like, I'm a man and she's a woman and that's how God made us. And then when like a boy's like, I'm actually a girl and my name is Susan, they're like... But God and Adam, and then they just, like, they can't handle it. Like, it just, it probably, you know, crossed so many boundaries for them. I don't know. It seems, maybe it's better, but it's probably worse. Yo, check out this picture I saw in a bathroom earlier today. That's cool. Oh, that's cool, hey? It's a bathroom sign that is half man, half woman. It says, we don't care. Seems super petty to be, like, it seems like, why don't we just get full stalls put in and then nobody can look over the, or yeah, underneath the stalls. Right. Instead, now we just have like stalls that like, I don't know, it's like they're made by people yeah. that are creeps. This is old news. Who fucking cares? Like, it's a bathroom. Yeah. Go, go nuts. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so uh, up next on our rapid fire, we got fire. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, slow fire. We got uh, meticulous fire. <laughs> I think you like this one because you're you're concerned about the refugee uh, wave of molestation that's coming to Canada. <laughs> so CBC headlines: characterization. Three out of 135 recent asylum seekers deemed danger to the public detained in Manitoba. That number is too high. Growing number of people being intercepted crossing U.S. Canada border into Manitoba. Yeah. Well, that's definitely going to be happening. Like we have to, we're going to have to deal with our own refugees soon enough, which is going to be American refugees. I personally think refugees do. When you look at the stats of like actually what they contribute to society and how long they stay in Canada, it's not that long. Most refugees don't want to be here. Yeah. Usually, if they're if they want to be here, they apply as a different kind of status and they get in. And they they live here. But I would say a lot of them get in. They've they've got money or something elsewhere that they've come with because they've just been like. I got to leave my house and they just take everything. They've obviously got some capital because they still have a house to go back to. For the most part, I would say many refugees get here with capital or at least an ability at doing something while they're here. I don't think so. I think we go and grab a lot of them. I know. Actually, from the stats, I looked into it not too long ago. I could pull them up if if you want me to. Well, that's generally the case with uh, immigration and people that are immigrating. They usually come with resources. Refugees often have, you know, lost everything. Like most people didn't get everything out of their country. Most people lost something or lots or everything. Immigration is different. People apply and they have to have, you know, things so that they can support themselves and education and skills. But refugees literally, in a lot of cases, have lost everything. Yeah, well, um, this one I pulled up. It's talking about how they're facing um, challenges and barriers because of their gap in experience. So like it's this veterinarian from Syria and he has, he like ran a small animal clinic and all this stuff. And now he can't do anything because he's, he's got a pay gap or like a a month gap between where he was working. The thing is like, just because the culture is so different, I feel like immigrants, they spend a lot of time trying to uh, know what to expect when they arrive in a foreign country. But I bet a lot of refugees, they don't want to leave. Like they want to be in Syria and I don't blame them. I would want to be in my home country too. Yeah, no doubt. And like to to go unwilling into a country that's just totally, totally different. It's got to be hard. And no wonder, like those, uh, like that West Edmonton Mall um, sexual assault that happened just recently by an, uh, by a Syrian refugee. I bet there's a lot of guys that haven't seen a girl in a bathing suit their entire lives, because in these Muslim countries, you're not allowed. Like women, all, if you look at pictures of swimming pools, which for some reason I end up doing. <laughs> It's always guys. It's always guys with their, their male kids. There's no women and there's no girls because it's totally illegal in Islamic countries. So now you got me wanting to look up pictures. Of yeah. Swing down the rabbit Syria. hole you go. Yeah. And it's true, but look it up. And they come to these countries like West Edmonton mall and they see a lot of girls, a lot of sexy girls in bikinis. And this is so mind blowing because you've never seen it. It's been totally illegal your entire life. And then you see it and you're like, well, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. And I can only imagine the kind of culture shock that that is because us going to countries where everyone's covered up, like that's shocking, but imagine going Check the other way. Where Sexy is girl in a French swimming pool. <laughs> oh, it's this French swimming yeah, pool. That's right. <sighs> Deeper down the hole. <laughs> I just searched Saudi Arabian swimming pool. That's all I got. Woman in a, in a bathing suit. Yeah, man. Oh, Saudi Arabia for sure. Like, it was head to toe bathing suit. By yeah, way. for sure. And like Iran, same thing. Like my buddy's from, my buddy Arias from Iran. And shut up. What Aria. about this girl? She's got a pretty beard. <laughs> <laughs> really nice beard too. Better than ours. Our beard is looking weak. 
Got showed up. All right. Well, last uh, last uh, little bit on the news flash for today. Guess who got fired? Who? Bill O'Reilly. Oh, <laughs> Papa Bear. <laughs> That's a burn. Yeah, I guess you can't rape five women yeah. nowadays. Jeez. Those damn women always coming forward with the rape. Yeah, no doubt, right? Oh. Guys, my, I, always, I said this to my dad earlier. I was like, oh, guys, you're just generation. You can't get away with anything nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so bye-bye, Bill. Bye-bye, Bill. Bet you'll get picked up by, like... Uh, Apparently, he was one of their most valuable assets, though. You know what's going to happen? I Him and Glenn any, Beck are going to go gonna make gonna their be? own channel. <gasps> Trump TV! That's Trump. where he's going. No, wait. He hates Trump, Trump and him hate each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He probably got into trouble for that. I don't know. That's crazy, though. That seems like their biggest newscaster. Big time. But he's it's, the biggest one. It's just because they. it's all this feminism in the air. You think so? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the feminists, for yeah, sure. They're coming damn, after. Damn reporting those rapes. <laughs> So bad. How how rude. How inconvenient. So bad. Alright, well, uh, good night everybody. That's it. Wrapping. Uh do you wanna announce anything? Uh yeah, we got uh show April twenty eighth. April twenty eighth. You wanna be there? Hey, at we the got Forge bunch, on uh, White. Yeah, Forge on White. It's gonna be a great show. A hundred percent of the proceeds are going to uh I Human Youth Society, which is a great cause. We're gonna be donating money to their music department, so all you gotta do to support is show up and see a wicked concert too. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. What? Arlo Maverick. Arlo Maverick. A gentleman's pact, which is sweet. Gentleman's pact. Yeah, I saw them there. Yeah, show. and I gotta say, our friend uh, Tataka is playing. She used to be from iHuman. Nice. She played at the last show that we had and was killer, man. She's a rapper and super, super good. Cool. Um, I guess now I can start promoting my festival too. Yeah, so fuck yeah. Zion 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 is June second and fifth. Guess uh, that's coming up faster than I ever expect. Yeah, it always sneaks Fifth up on year. Them. Hopefully, Fifth we'll year. have the radio down there check, broadcasting that shit Definitely. so you check it out as Definitely. well. Definitely. See what you're missing out on. But the nice thing is you can be at different parts of the festival and be like, hey, what's playing at the stage? Oh, cool. <laughs> Boom, walking over there. Yeah, that, oh, that's awesome, as it so frequently is. I got to go. Um, yeah, be at the show April 28th at The Forge. Um, anything else we got to announce? No, I can't think of anything. I hope I don't have any other shows coming up because I am. I played a show I think every weekend last month. So how's Stack going? I'm tired. Uh, Stack is going all right. The guys are taking over more, more and more shows. So Sick. that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I think is firing you an episode for this Friday. Wicked. So I just talked to him yesterday. Awesome. So it'll be ideal if I can get other guys doing more of those shows because I am beat with teaching these days. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm full time teacher now. So. Hey, I might That's have we somebody throwing that, uh, uh, episodes up as much as we want. You, I might have some people that want to get at you as well. Which reminds me, if you're a producer out there and you love making music and you you could fucking set us a, an audition, maybe put them on stack. Yeah, definitely. Show, shoot us an episode and we'll roll it. Yeah, I'm going to send this. I don't know somebody who might be interested. Also, uh, if you feel like re- hosting a show, uh, I'm looking for hosts for studio sessions, which is the biggest best show that we have in my opinion my biased opinion <laughs> and we're gonna be going on tv as well so cool. if you're in something like that uh i think that's it so from free here big ups from b big ups thanks for listening everybody this is Newswired. uh check us out social media internet all that good stuff and uh subscribe to the podcast as well because uh get a lot of good stuff from that so we'll see you next night or next week i think we'll do it next week yeah we'll be back you guys check out. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night.